I love it when you do that. Welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program. Better late than never. It is uh, Smoking and Toasting, show number 119. And uh, we are glad to be here. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Um, it is. Uh, we apologize for running late. There was a scheduling snafu with the studio that we use uh, for the show, and there was nothing we could do but wait. So we apologize because I know you guys are used to us with our super hard start time of eh, one something. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, we didn't. Well, I think with us starting late today um, Mm -hmm. versus our usual start time, we might be about fifteen minutes off. Yeah, (laughs) that's a joke. (laughs) I know that's a joke, but yes. Now we're usually on by like one fifteen at the latest, but uh, (laughs) uh, but yeah, we uh, we ran a little late today, and and it was uh, it was out of our hands. So we apologize, but we hope you're there. And uh, if you are, you're in for a treat because today on show number one hundred and nineteen, we are proud to present a smoking and toasting first. It's Ian's Crazy Beer Show. It's crazy, and uh, and where where's our little applause box? Because that deserves the little. Oh, I don't know where it went. The little, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I think I actually saw it in the other room. Applause. Oh man, we're, we're going to need that. We're going to need that for later. Uh, so <clears throat> it's going to be a great show because Ian has, uh, as some of you know, if you've been uh, listening to the show in previous weeks, Ian's been sort of banned from bringing beers to the show because uh, he continued to bring only like super heavyweight. You know, chunky kind of. I, beers. I think what happened is it started out that that the latest beer that I brought was like eight percent, and then it just went up substantially and from there. On most shows, we do like three beers, and then the last you know? time you said, "Hey, you bring a uh, you bring a spirit," then I brought Malort. So I think I lost yeah, a lot of trust. You did from lose. You. you did lose some trust, <laughs> but you know, in the spirit of the holiday season, and in the spirit of giving and reconciliation. Speaking uh, of the spirit of the holiday season, well, plus you've had some things kind of stacking up in your uh, in your holiday. Oh. Merry Christmas to you. Oh. Oh, you did this on the show? I'm doing it on the show. It is. Ah, look at this. So this is Mezcal. I'll uh, start by saying that. Uh, But it is uh, apparently signed and numbered, or or at the very least it's numbered. Uh, Tell me what I'm dealing with here. I don't know. Uh, it's supposed is, to be awesome. You know more about that stuff than I well, do. Well, you know, and this is really great because I've been wanting to spend some time, some quality time, you know, learning more about mezcal. Because I will admit to you, I'm much more knowledgeable about tequila right. than I am about mezcal. And that, that was so. kind of my angle on that. Mm-hmm. Now, my brother actually bought that out in um, in uh, Tucson. Yeah, uh, because they have apparently in their liquor stores out there, they have huge selections of tequila and mezcal. And, yes, and like that, like bigger than what we get. Here well, yeah, I would I would guess that it's probably a pretty popular area for those kinds. Right. Of, of, so, of spirits, so I right? had him pick me up an interesting one for you, and that's what he came up with. And you asked me to bring a spirit for the show, so I figure we just double dip that. This one. This sounds like a great plan. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't now, understand everything about it, but I will tell you that it is uh, it is one hundred percent agave, like uh, like tequila, but it does. not not have to be produced in the tequila right, in the region. Tequila region. Uh, so it Much can like be produced, champagne yeah. sparkling wine kind of Exactly. Thing. Some of my favorite champagnes are also, not actually champagne. would you hand this over to Adam? I oh, have this for it looks like a little gift for the uh, producer on the wheels of steel. So there you go, Adam. <laughs> that is, <laughs> Merry I, Christmas, I was going to say, guys. if that's a bottle of mezcal, you totally got the shaft because that's a box about this big. So <laughs> It's a very small bottle of mezcal. It's an airport bottle You can open it anytime. Yeah, so, so well, thank you, Ian. That's very Christmas. So I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. I'm going to start announcing beers that I brought today because what I want to do is yep. anybody on here, anyone who's logged on, I want you to post in the comments which ones we should try. Oh, okay? this is a great idea. So anybody that's uh, with us here on Facebook Live, you let us know 
who, which of these beers we should be trying? All right, should I go uh, easier? To oh, find good. First while you're while you're doing that, by the way, let me just thank our guests from last week, uh, Stu and Travis from Whitmire's, who brought some crazy good Whitmire's uh, 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 whiskey with them. They were it was just awesome. fantastic. Yeah, it was I have really been enjoying good. So, the whiskey. Uh, so I see some real ale coffee. Uh, have you seen this? I don't Saint think Arnold, I have. French May press. I look a little closer? Rich and roasty French press imperial coffee porter. Now, while these may not I've be totally this, crazy, you know what? Yeah. These are beautiful things that you can get here in Houston. Well, and Ian's crazy beer show, you know, it, it's not necessarily really crazy beers. It's just the fact that these are not going to be, uh, um, you know, light. Yeah, they're yeah. usually those are the latest beers I brought. By the way, just so well, you know, I'm not surprised. All right, let's let's continue here. So right, I got going on so I got the real ale. I got the uh, the San Juan French Press. I have a Prairie Christmas bomb. Oh, now see Prairie. We had their uh, we had their beer last week. Their uh, coconut and vanilla porter. Right. Mm-hmm. Not to be outdone, I also brought a Prairie birthday bomb. Oh, so there's a Christmas bomb and a birthday bomb. Yeah. Mm, okay. So we're hoping for comments for people to uh, join in and tell us what to what to sample first. So, but you haven't. You're not done. We're not done yet. No, yeah. no. Well, but wait, there's more. <laughs> I love when you say that. Okay, good. There's a uh, Bourbon County brand stout from Goose Island here. Oh, now this is. Is this is this the one? This is the one that made them famous. Yes, and yeah. this is the uh, newest iteration. Newest of iteration it. of it, right? Because they do it a little differently. I right. Think, this every is the year. 2018. Okay. Awesome. So, so we'll see if they've still got the chops. Let's see. You know that isn't being made up in the Anheuser Busch uh, tanks. Now that one they make definitely right there. Right at there the, in uh, Chicago. Yep. Now, now we get into some more fun ones. I got a. Uh, Odell Brewing Jolly Russian. Jolly Russian, I like. Put that up here. Uh-huh, that's good. That's good. Jolly Russian. Uh, here's a fun one. A Pirat. Uh, oh. I looked up how to pronounce it. I wasn't sure. It's P-I-R-A-A-T. Pirat. Pirat. You have to say it with that weird way I just said Pirat. it, whatever it is. That is a... Um, that is their ale uh, aged in rum barrels. Oh, nice. That um, one's coming in at 10% there, I'm buddy. liking this already. Okay, so there's the... I'm running out of room on this camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll have to, and then the coup de gras. Firestone Walker, 2016 Velvet Merkin. Wow! And uh, now we've had Velvet Merkin on here, but I think it was 2017. This I think it was 2016. 2017, so yep. this one's been stored for a little while. Well, this is very exciting. And this one comes from a friend of mine named uh, David who laid that on me. Well, this you is their really oatmeal stout. Bourbon barrel aged oatmeal stout. Right well, you really there. have outdone yourself for Ian's crazy beer show. This is uh, this is pretty fun. So we'll we'll, I'm, we'll, I'm siphon, we'll sift through these beers and see who wants us to try what. Again, one more time through. We got Prairie Birthday Bomb, Prairie Christmas Ale. We've got uh, let's see is that the oh, real ale, the real ale coffee porter. We got the Saint Arnold French Press, which mm-hmm. is their that's a coffee uh, porter Imperial as well. Coffee Porter. Okay, we got Bourbon County Stout. We've got Jolly Russian, which is stout aged in bourbon barrels. I like it. Or in rum barrels, sorry. we got the Pirat uh, aged in rum barrels. I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Somebody mm-hmm. vote on that because mm-hmm. it looks good. Mm-hmm. And then Velvet Merkin, which is just fun to say. So Fantastic. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. Velvet Merkin. Yes, it is. And we'll be trying some of the Mezcal. Is this Durumbes? Yes. Is that how you say Derumbes? D e r r u m b e s. So if we're Derumbes. saying that wrong, well yeah, then yeah, yeah, someone call can correct us. us. All right. So a lot of exciting things and and some very new things. I don't think I've tasted any of this stuff before. So this is uh, this is going to be fun. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I, I tried to bring like stuff we haven't 
<laughs> yeah, no, you you did great. Ian's Crazy Beer <laughs> Show is is in full swing. Now I hate to add this to your list of things to have to tell me, but uh, you know it's been it's been an interesting holiday week. Did you smoke anything interesting this week? Well, let me tell you, Cruz. I did actually. Uh, I meant to smoke a um, cigar last night, and I didn't get to it because I was busy carving a guitar neck last night. Mm. So, in lieu of cl- carving a guitar neck, what I did uh, this uh, well, in- instead of smoking a cigar last night, I uh, carved the guitar neck, and then this morning I woke up and I went by Casa de Monte Cristo uh-huh. and I grabbed a cigar. Very nice. And they are always so nice over there, mm-hmm. uh, and it's right around the corner from here, which makes it's it nice. really yeah, easy. Yeah, it's easy to easy to access. So yeah. uh, I asked Steve over there, "What was I smoking?" I said, "Listen, it was traffic. I got about forty-five minutes. What am I doing here?" You know. And he goes, "Okay, let's get you a shorter cigar." And he actually gave me a few uh, a few suggestions. I bought three cigars. I chose the Avo Synchro Nicaraguan. Oh, nice. Now I've had an Avo Synchro on the show, and I thought about it. I was like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't do that." But then I remembered the Avo Synchro that I had on the show. Um, we did that on a live show, and we just didn't talk that much about the cigar itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I brought this on. Now, this was the smaller one. This is the four by fifty-two short robusto uh, mm-hmm. box press, and it was quite delicious. Uh, the wrapper is um, uh, Ecuador wrapper, Dominican uh, binder, Nicaragua uh, filler, Dominican. Republican Peru filler. The outside look on this was uh, a little bit reddish brown, kind of smooth. The pre-light sniff was toffee, spice, and nice. leather. I mean, mm-hmm. it, this is just Avo. I mean, Avo makes Avo does yeah. And <laughs> and I will say Avo Avo's regular line is something that I like to have in the humidor to give to yeah. people when they come over that are not more experienced with cigars that don't want something too heavy. Yeah. But the uh, the Avo, the Synchro, the Nicaraguan, these are really wonderful. Yeah, they're pretty big. This is medium, medium. Full, this is on the uh, bigger cigar. side of yeah. medium or the smaller side of full, I think. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's right up there, and it's a it's an outstanding cigar. I really enjoyed it. Uh, not to let that cat out of the bag so yeah, to speak i'm guessing yeah uh the pre-light uh or the i'm sorry the uh the the punch on it the pre-light draw was effortless i did a punch uh as i normally do uh the initial light very spicy on the initial light not harsh but very mm-hmm, spicy mm-hmm. like much pepper uh a little bit of creaminess leather rich earth kind of uh uh kind of flavors that was pretty nice the first third of this was toffee, lots of toffee, leather, pepper, and cream kind of things. That's this mm-hmm, is just thoughts mm-hmm. I write down while I'm while I'm doing this. Um, it had this really long, pleasant aftertaste to it, and I was just having this with water. I didn't even have uh, a beer, any alcoholic beverage, no sodas, anything like that. Just water. Um, this really nice long aftertaste that lingered and was a little spicy, but just good overall. Fantastic, yeah. The second third of this was the same with a little more creamy spice. I think the. Um, uh, oddly enough, this one went a little backwards. Like usually, they build up a little more as you get towards the end. This one actually mellowed a little more and became mm. became a little more earthy and a little more of the leathery um, flavors. Still with that creamy spice, but a little more of those flavors. Uh, I didn't want to give it up. I actually walked out of there on my way here and smoked the last the little last bits little of this in my car, car on the way. Here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was. It was great. Nice. This was a nine dollar, a little under nine dollar cigar. I gave it a f- solid five, five and a half. It was nice. exactly what you'd want, exactly what you'd expect from Avo. It was a fantastic cigar. I really enjoyed it. I think anything with the Synchro name on it from Avo is is definitely that, going to that be, square tubo a, is yeah. awesome. Oh, right? that's great. It just looks that's cool. Just, it's just the coolest thing. That's great to give as a gift. Just yeah. it's so uh, it's so awesome. See one of those sticking out of the Christmas stocking. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs>
Uh, well, I had uh, an interesting cigar this week as well. Uh, first of all, I had an interesting, uh, I had an interesting cigar week. Um, oh, a whole week of cigars. Well, yeah, but just to mention a couple of things. The first was that uh, uh, we had our uh, family uh, Christmas get together last Sunday, and uh, <coughs> so the kids uh, gave some gifts, and and uh, Adam, our producer here, who's my stepson. Uh, has obviously been listening on the show because he bought me and gave me as a Christmas gift an AJ Fernandez gift pack. It was like a, oh, how a, nice is a that? pack of like uh, the different ones across the AJ line. I'm like, oh, I'm so stoked. It came in one of those little human bags. You know, it's uh, really awesome. So that was interesting. But I wanted to mention AJ because I've talked about how much I love this cigar. And this is not the cigar I'm, I'm going to review. But I wanted to mention that I recently bought a box of the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez um, uh, Toros. Oh, yeah. Which is abs- one of my absolute favorite go-tos. It's in the $8 range. Um, so if I'm going to spend $8 on a cigar, it's kind of the one where, yeah, I can spend a couple bucks more and get, like, the New World from A.J. or something. But, boy, for 8 bucks, it's really hard to beat this cigar. And um, the flavor on them is just unbelievably good for $8. However, and the construction's great, too. However... This entire box that I bought, and I think this is going to be H. Upman's fault, not AJ's, they overdid the glue on the cigar band. On the cigar band. And so what happens is, and it has two bands, because it has the H. Upman band, and underneath it has the A.J. Fernandez band. So when you take the bands off of these... It pulls a uh, chunk and sometimes even more. No matter how gentle no you are. No matter how gentle you are because it's glued to it. So it, it's glued too much to the actual uh, wrapper of the cigar. And so it peels it off. And so the last third of the, of the cigar, you're trying to hold it together so it'll burn. It doesn't burn evenly. And it's so disappointing. That's an annoying little that, detail. Because that cigar is so good. And you know what you're holding. And you know what the potential is because the first two thirds... Before you had to peel the the band off, I wonder if it'd be worth it to uh, heat up those bands a little bit and take the uh, take them off all at once before you smoke them. Yeah, I thought about that, but I I I don't like to try to take them off early because they're cold. I'm afraid they'll tear more. But yeah, Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe if you heat them up a little, I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, but it has you shouldn't have to deal with that. It has taught me though how to remove the bands more gently than I've ever done before. (laughs) So, uh, fortunately, I tried another one out of a completely different batch uh, yesterday and had no problems with... Oh, so you got a particular batch. It was just this box, apparently. But, yeah, whoever was doing the gluing that day was... uh, was a little a little overzealous. Uh, the cigar I was going to talk about this week, though, is uh, one from Room 101, and it's the farce uh, from Room 101. Matt Booth, who was the sort of Room 101 yeah. guy, um, he made the news a few years back by kind of stepping away from the cigar industry mm-hmm. for a while. He did return, and when he came back, farce was kind of like his re-debut. So the cigar's been out for a year, year and a half, I want to say, um, and it is just a, a very, very, I mean, if you think about it, your re-debut is almost more important than your debut. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so Matt comes back. That's your back, sophomore album, he, so to speak. That's exactly right. So he comes back and, and comes out with a cigar that's made in the Dominican Republic, but it's got an Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, it's got Indonesian binder, and fillers from the DR from Nicaragua and Pennsylvania. Um, the pre-light is really, really nice on this. It's a beautiful looking cigar. The band uh, is kind of muted colors, and it offers 
great flavor from the very first puff, which is one of the things I love. Because you know how some cigars take that minute or two mm-hmm. to settle down. This one was, was great right from the, the word go, and I love that. It uh, had a kind of a woodsy, floral uh, vibe to it for the first inch or so. Then it settled down, started getting notes of cinnamon and caramel, and of course that Nicaraguan uh, pepper. Uh, the farce was medium to full, which for me, that's kind of like my sweet spot is medium to full. Uh, it's gotten some big reviews this year, and I can tell you they're all really well-deserved. It's about a $12 cigar, worth every penny. I'll give it a five and a half on uh, price nice, to quality. Nice, two five and a half yeah. today. So, uh, so price to quality, for anyone who's uh, not familiar with the show, uh, we do it on a scale of one to ten, but a perfect five is that you got exactly what you paid for. So if I'm giving something a five and a half, I'm indicating I would have been okay paying even just yeah, a, little a little more. more. I wouldn't wouldn't have felt like I was. And at twelve dollars, that's that's something. It's one thing to get, you know, a five if you're a five or six dollar cigar. That means it's well worth the five or six dollars right. you paid for. If you're talking about a twelve dollar cigar, and I go, yeah, it's it's I, it's worth every penny I paid for, it, and maybe even a yeah, little more. Yeah, that's a pretty big. That's a that's a pretty that's big a pretty statement. big statement. I agree. Yeah. So there so, you go. So I just want to point out we've got some yeah. we've got some hilarity going on on our comments here. Yes. Right? Uh, oh, good. We yeah. got Christopher Hart and Alan <laughs> Denny going back and forth. Oh, wonderful! I love when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Denny saying. I'm safe. Christopher Hart isn't on this week. They have this competition about who's going to be on the most. Yeah, Alan is in the lead, I think, right now. Uh, by one appearance, apparently, yes. And uh, <laughs> Chris Hart says, they haven't invited me back for Retribution. You two guys know you have an open invitation yes, to this you, show. you guys are invited on the you show You can podcrash anytime. Anytime, anytime you like. That's right, both of you. So, <laughs> so, um, we'll let you sort out the competition, but you're invited anytime. <laughs> So, uh, have they offered any suggestions for which of these beers we should be trying for? No, I haven't seen anything okay. on uh, which beer uh, right, well, we're going to try. But I will tell you this. My, my brother's in the studio today, and he's sitting off in the corner over yeah. there. And, uh, and he's going to have to leave here pretty soon. Since we started a little late, we didn't get to try, uh, we didn't, he didn't get to try much. So, I'm going to give him first pick on what we're right. going to try first today. All right, fair enough. We'll get to that, and we'll uh, start talking about uh, a number of different things, including, by the way, um, New Mexico, looking to jack up cigar taxes big time. If you live in New Mexico, buy your cigars now or get ready to buy them out of state because it's going to be bad news. So uh, we have that coming for you. Plus, 2018 was a big year for craft beer. And what are the 10 best beer cities in America right now? A new report has come out, and we'll share that with you uh, coming up on Smoking and Nice. And really quickly, you. yes. vote on Prairie Birthday Bomb. Prairie Christmas Ale, Real Ale Coffee Porter, St. Arnold French Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Odell Jolly Russian. Mm-hmm. Bourbon County Stout. We also have a Velvet Merkin and a, a Pirat. You realize we're uh, going to try all of these. Barrel Age. The yes, what are we trying first? Vote on it. All right, um, we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting, and we are thrilled to be uh, on the air. Even though we uh, ran a little bit late today, due to a little, due to a little uh, scheduling snafu uh, with our studio, but we're uh, we're thrilled to be here now, and we're thrilled to be tasting beers on Ian's crazy beer show. And uh, we let Ian's brother choose the first uh, one since he, his time with us here today is limited, and uh, so we're going to be opening with the uh, Firestone, Firestone Walker 2016 Velvet Merkin. Now uh, this is. Um, what what's the ABV on this, Ian? 
Oh, eight and a half. Oh, okay, so that's that's relatively uh, relatively low by Ian Crazy Beer that's standards. Tame. Yeah, relatively tame. So while Ian's pouring that baby and opening her up, I'll let you know that despite anything that anyone tries to tell you about craft beer being in a slowdown, let me explain to you the real numbers. There are seven thousand plus breweries now operating in the United States of America. That's just in the U.S. Small and independently owned breweries or uh, or craft breweries were making about 5% more beer at the middle of 2018 than they were the year before when they produced 24.9 million barrels and uh, about 772 million gallons for the entire year. Well, that was a year ago. That was in 2017. And by the middle of uh, 2018, they were making... 5% more than that. Uh, U.S. breweries, including major players like Anheuser-Busch and Miller Coors, uh, however, are in a decline. But craft beer is what's keeping things afloat right now. And speaking of craft beer, I just saw your face after you uh, tasted that, Ian, and I'm not sure. Uh, well, it, I'm not you're sure. not going to want this, so just give me your glass, <laughs> okay, and I'll, so I'll you, take care of you're it. You're already predicting that, uh, <laughs> you, that you're going to want mine more than I am, aren't you? Uh, so tell me about this. Tell me, tell me first what we know about uh, the Velvet Merkin. Uh, you know, it's one of the – I think they do one every year. This is uh, 2016. It's Proprietor's Vintage uh, is what it says on here. And, um, wow. It's a this is a bourbon barrel aged oatmeal stout. It's outstanding. Now we've had mm. Velvet Merkin on here, but I think it was last year's Velvet Merkin. This one's been aging for a couple years. This is this is a 2016. Yes. Wow. This I has. Uh, this actually might be a barley wine at this point in time. It you tastes, know, it's it's really got a lot of that characteristics to it's it. It's got I mean, that dark fruit date. Uh, what I love about kind it, of thing going on. yeah. What I love about it is that the first thing I think that sort of hits the palate for me is the the uh, bourbon barrel aging. That's sort of the first yeah. flavor I'm really conscious of. But then on the retro, you get that gritty cocoa chocolate it's that I love. Very so much. chocolate oh, nibs, kind it's of wonderful, bomb. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, do you recall what something like this uh, retails for? Ian, is this a no idea? This that was given to me. So it was a gift. Okay. Yeah, that was given to me. I don't think they're that expensive when you snap them up when they come out. Uh, but well, under twenty dollars, unless you consider that expensive. But what's what's so interesting about Firestone Walker is. That uh, having been on the West Coast um, earlier this year, and you know we were out at a couple of places, and uh, they had the Firestone Walker um, stuff that they would have on tap everywhere was much lighter. It was it was more yeah. like their um, well, that eight hundred five, the eight hundred five, and which stuff. Is delicious, amazing beer. But it's it's incredible to me to see them do so well at this yeah. style of beer. They also have that, when uh, I think of them as being more IPA and lighter. Yeah, the Luponic Distortion. Yeah. Oh, and, the Luponic yeah. is fantastic. And they do that in kind of limited releases, so they do a number, and then when that one's gone, they do the next number, and they're always a little bit different from each other. But uh, but they, And you can go and buy uh, Firestone Walker IPA mix packs, which have a whole bunch of their different IPAs. Right. It Kind of like Stone will do the same thing. Um, but, uh, Ian, that's really delicious. That's I mean, that's... Uh, pretty outstanding. It really is. Um, wow. Too bad Johnny's not here today. He'd enjoy he that. Would, uh, he would really enjoy Johnny's that. Johnny's right. the uh, tech guy here, and he's, and he's, he's out. That's a big fan of the, uh, <laughs> loves of the oatmeal beers, stouts. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, that's, that's really quite good. And I really do like it cold. I know maybe that's a little colder than you're supposed to have an oatmeal stout, but I sure like it that way. And it's thick too. That's a uh, that's almost chewy without mm. the chunks. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's is viscous, but, but no chunks. You're absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> no chunks. No, uh, no chunks. Uh, craft beer continues to capture a larger portion of the overall uh, uh, beer industry. It increased its share. Check this out. This is think about this, Ian. Budweiser, Bud Light, they're on television every um, you know five minutes of a sporting event. Uh huh. Basically insulting the craft beer consumer. It's unbelievable with those commercials. It's like, unbelievable. It's for yeah. the many. And I have to tell you, you know what? The people that think that this is for the many is a good thing. Yeah. They deserve that beer. For the they many, not the few. Yeah, you deserve, deserve that beer. You deserve it. And that is literally a campaign that says if you like things with flavor, you're not good enough. If you had to guess what craft beers share, because I haven't shared this article with you yet. If you had to guess what craft beers share of the beer market is, what, what would you guess it to be? You know, uh, I know years ago it was like 5%. Yeah. So I'd have to guess it at climbing, maybe double that right now, 10%. Maybe. How about 23.4% of the total away by beer that. market? Yes. And that's, 20, uh, that's 2017. You know what? No freaking wonder they're trying to insult yeah. craft beer people. Well, but <laughs> but don't you think their smarter course of action would be to embrace craft beer people? Considering they own craft go, beer companies. Hey, well, you formerly know, craft if, beer companies. If I were if I were in charge of doing the marketing for Budweiser, I would I would be something like, "Hey, this is the great everyday beer." That's what I'd be trying to say, right? Right. Here's your, it's great easy drinking for all the time. And when you want something so really, is a lawnmower. really special, try Goose Island, try Carbock, try, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, try. that's the message I'd be trying to do. It's like, you know, it's the classic, here's something that is really easy, attainable, easy drinking, and now let me try to upsell you. I'm just, I'm boggled by how they're shooting themselves in the, in the foot, Instead, you know? it's for the many and not the few. They already capitulated and started buying Right. Craft beer companies, oh, yeah. right? Well, they had the, to capitulate the craft beer saw, to some degree. They knew where these numbers were going. I just can't believe how stupid the advertising campaign Unbelievable. is. Unbelievable. Yeah. And and every time I see it, I I actually have to question my own purchasing of the craft beers, quote unquote, that they own. And remember, we designated on this show that it's okay, we're going to continue to call the those beers well are made beers even if they're owned by Anheuser Busch or, or any of the other companies we're, we're still called their well made interesting beers craft beer and we're going to refer to things like Firestone Walker as indie beer that's right yeah and so that's our that's the way we're trying to keep from getting them confused but but I I almost question myself now do I really Want to buy a Goose Island? Do I really want to buy a Legion? Do I really it want does to buy make it? It does make it a little tough with these it? guys out there and spending spending millions of dollars to insult me and the people who have the same kind of taste for beer that I do. Unbelievable. I uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not. It I'm, makes it. I'm I, not I, I use the B word, but it makes it hard for me to uh, to grab anything by Carbach, to grab anything by. Um, just quite a few of these, like you said, Goose Island. You know, a lot of those that are uh, that are that are bought up. It's you have to stop and think about it. In places where these guys have a bottleneck hold on the distribution. So let's say they've got. Let's say Budweiser, Anheuser Busch has the the deal for. I'm going to see the Rolling Stones next year. It's going to be at NRG Stadium, right? Well, I think 
AB's got the beverage thing there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be really happy that I can get a Goose IPA or right. uh, or a Carbach Love so Street and then you'll or have something one like that, spot. right? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be really happy that I can that I can actually do that. But then it's like uh, beyond that, though, I don't I don't know. This is this is a, this is becoming tougher for me than I thought it would because what I wanted to say was, hey, great beer is great beer. I don't care who makes it. Right. I don't care who owns it. Great beer is great beer. But when you're insulting me. When you're insulting me, and then I'm tasting this, you know? Yeah. All right. I think that's a good note to take a break on, and we'll be back. <laughs> Did you uh, let that all out? I, th- I feel better now, actually. <laughs> I, I made up my mind, but I feel better now. Uh, there's a lot going on on the show today. As I, as I mentioned, uh, we will uh, talk about the 10 best beer cities in America right now. And in the next segment, we're going to have to taste at least two so that we get uh, through this. Plus, we have some mezcal to taste, so I'm really excited about this. This is a, uh, uh, this is a really fun show, Ian. Uh, you should bring crazy beers more often. I, it's funny you should say that. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling you? Uh, there's plenty more where this came from. Actually, I have some crazy beers that arrived at my house this last. I got a whole so Bishop's I... Barrel vertical starting at about 17, I think. Right. Oh, <laughs> we got to take a break now. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting, and uh, we will be right back at show number 119. And we're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Oh, I love that sound. Uh, we are the uh, radio program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 119. It's Ian's Crazy Beer Show. So sometimes I'm looking up uh, you know, different articles that I want to reference on the show, things that I've you know, saved a link to or what have you. Uh, and then sometimes you know, when you go to them, they've got links to other stories inside them. So I just scrolled past a link, and here's the headline. Uh, I, I don't even need to read the story. I just want to read you the headline. Beer delivery man runs off with truck full of beer, police say. <laughs> nice. That can't be the first time that happened. You know? <laughs> guys guys having a bad day at work. He's like, screw this company. See ya. <laughs> and off he goes Listen, with a truck full of beer. I know beer. we have a graduation party coming up. If yeah. I can get this job at Silver Eagle in time... <laughs> All I need is one truck. <laughs> hey, look, it's Uncle Ian. <laughs> he showed up with our party favors. Oh, that's uh, that's really, really good. So uh, I was actually looking at an article here, um, Ian, about the um, – you know how they do the, they do this in a lot of like women's magazines and stuff uh, where they they'll be like uh, your favorite your favorite kind of of what do uh, your shoe straps say about you right your favorite kind of bubble bath reveals your personality oh, yeah. or whatever it is right and then that's usually right under like five different sex tips or yes, something like uh, that. Yes, oh yeah, oh, they, there's more than five, trust me. They, <laughs> they've been writing these magazines for a long time. It's amazing how they yeah. come up with those yeah. every month. <laughs> I know. It's like and new ones. It's like who knew. Um <laughs> no, but uh, a new study of uh, uh, this article that I found, which is not in Cosmo, a new study of a thousand <laughs> beer drinkers found that the type of beer you prefer may actually reveal a lot more than you think about your personality. So we're going to go through some of this. But are you, you going to give me the test? I'm going to try giving you this. If it works this way, we'll try giving you All the right, test. and see what kind just, of personality see, I have. Because yeah. I don't know what kind of personality In I have. In the meantime, what is, the, what is this uh, uh, This is the lovely aroma St. Arnold Rich here. and Roasty French Press Imperial Ooh. 
coffee porter. Here it is in the. Now you would think that this would have a lot in common, taste-wise, with what we just what we just tasted the uh, the Firestone Walker, but it actually doesn't at all. No. It's, Not really. It's almost a completely so, different flavor. So this is an interesting. I brought this and the Real L Coffee Porter. Now those are both seasonals. This is the first time I've seen the Saint Arnold French Press. The Real so L. Is that new for this year? Do we? Know? I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, because I think I'd have seen it and noticed it beforehand. Guess uh, the Real L Coffee Porter has been a uh, has been a standby every year when it comes out. Mm. They used to have Real L Coffee Porter opening parties when it came mm. out. Like this is an incredible beer. Okay. Um, and I brought these so we could try them back to back and see maybe. Well, that's exactly what we'll do. So I will tell you the interesting, and by the way, St. Arnold, I just, I don't know if they can make a bad beer. Like these guys are so on a roll right now yeah. and, and have been making great beer for years, but wow. Um, this is very interesting because what I'm surprised most by it is the uh, sort of fizzle of carbonation on the tongue. Yeah. Was not what I was expecting from this a coffee. This is a little more carbonated than the uh, than the real ale one. I, I have to tell you, um, I tried this. Ooh. I did research the other night. Mm-hmm. This goes great with cigars, by the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, this I am so pleasantly surprised by this because it's delicious. Uh, the The first coffee porter that I really ever tried was the real ale, and I was so blown away by it. And then, of course. I had to try every other coffee porter that I could find, and most of them aren't that good. You know what's interesting is I don't really drink coffee. Yeah. But I love these um, these coffee and mocha flavors in a yeah. really great darker beer. Well, so uh, there's only a few coffee beers that I think I really, really like now. And I can nail mm-hmm. it down right now to three. Top three right now Okay, would be uh, Real Ale, Coffee Porter, the Saint Arnold French Press. This is outstanding. It's this mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. it's not as chocolatey as some of them. This no, is no. this is very stout. It's got a little astringency to it. Um, and then the um, the uh, Vietnamese coffee. Uh, oh yes. from Eighth Wonder. From Eighth Wonder. Yes, the that's, uh, Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also outstanding, especially yes, when you find it on tap. Okay, so since you're talking about this and talking about the real ale. Uh, uh, coffee porter as well. Let's open that up now and, and just do them and, straight and back to do back. Them straight back to back. And, I think that's and, a good idea. And then and we're going to get to the list. The, uh, the the survey that I mentioned, where uh, the uh, type of beer you prefer may actually reveal something about your personality. Uh, this isn't some silly like uh, Cosmo magazine, like all all just for fun sort of thing. It was conducted by one poll on behalf of Founders Brewing Company. Really? Which is a brewery that you I and I are founders. both huge fans of, right? So they pitted the two factions of beer against each other and found that lager drinkers or easygoing beer drinkers, people who prefer something less hoppy, also tend to be more goal-oriented and sociable. So if you're uh, in, you know, if you prefer the lighter beers, um, then you are, according to this survey, uh, you are more likely to be, um, you know. Goal oriented, yeah, sociable. You know, uh, you make a lot, make friends easy. You're at the parties, socializing, and you're also more goal oriented. So. Does this make me Adam, a lazy recluse? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's see what it says. Interestingly, it says lager drinkers though report higher stress levels than ale drinkers, uh, which may be because they report. Being more likely to work hard and show up on time for work. <laughs> I like this. I like this so far. Uh, but despite that, ale drinkers are more um, the more likely bunch to say that they're happy with their job and leading an overall fulfilling life. Ah. 
Uh-huh. So when you divide it between lager and ale, that's the way it seems to come down. Lager lovers also tend to spend more time worrying about their future, whereas the more easygoing, ale-admiring counterparts, um, you know, they, they're not as worried about it. But the lager lovers are more confident and more likely to love uh, meeting new people. So uh, no matter what they prefer, though, beer drinkers overall tend to be a bit set in their ways, according to the survey, as the average beer drinker. Now, see, this is this is really interesting to me because I'm so not this. The average beer drinker hasn't switched up their favorite beer in four years. I think mine changes about every four days. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, mine changes about every four days as I try new things that I like and enjoy. You know, when I go beer shopping, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I almost always do is pick up an old standby. Mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. And, and see, now, I like a lot of seasonal beers. Yes. So I can't just drink the same thing over and over again. Because it's not available. A lot of them are seasonal. Yeah. Right. Um, so I always this have that to look forward to. Yes, and both of, these, both of these coffee porters are outstanding. Mm-hmm. They're very different from each other. The first one is a little more uh, uh, roasty and uh, a little more bitter, a little more traditional coffee. This one, to me, has a little more chocolate, uh, a little more kind of that kind of espresso-y kind of thing to it. I can see this going so well with the cigars. Either so one of them. Well. Either yeah. one of them. And they're, they're outstanding. Now, these aren't these aren't crazy beers, but I brought them on the mm-hmm. show because, you know what? Why not? Mm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, coffee <laughs> porter. Nothing wrong with that. You know, in addition to uh, some of these... Uh, uh, you know some of these things about ale drinkers and lager drinkers. This study went on to uh, add some really interesting uh, things. For example, they revealed that beer o'clock, which would be defined as the ideal best time to have a beer, is officially six thirty-one p.m. on a Friday. Yeah, I'm I, okay with that. I, I, I go along with it. I just don't know how they got. How'd you get to that? You <laughs> like know? 631, 631 not. 630, not, not 635. Not 628. 631. 631. And yes, taste really matters. More people are in it for the taste than you might think. 52% rank taste first when making their beer decision. Hmm. Catching up over beer is one of the American beer drinkers' favorite pastimes. And the study has found that how men and women go about these catch-ups varies quite a bit for men. 57% say that their heart-to-hearts with friends over drinks will include talking about the latest sports news, while 46% say it also includes talking about movies and TV. For women, on the other hand, 65% reported that their heart-to-heart talks over beers include gossip about friends, with their dating life being the second most important topic. So You've just made me feel like a very boring person. First well, off, I love sports, but yeah. I never get a chance to keep up with them. So, so I never so have a chance like, to talk, talk about, about them. them. Yeah, because well. yeah, I'm like, I don't know what's going on, you know. Like, um, <laughs> hey, funny story about that later. But um, and then uh, and then as far as movies and TV, I never watch TV. But ever. see, you were talking about movies. Just, I just see earlier movies the once show. in a while. Yeah. I did watch seven uh, seven psychopaths. That was mm-hmm. awesome. You were telling me about that. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was. Uh, it was well, very dark humor, but funny to me. Well, this, to me, goes back to something we talked about on the show uh, over the past couple of weeks, which is that, for whatever reason, people who smoke cigars find commonalities with each other. Like, yep. And, and maybe it starts with talking about cigars, and then it can venture off into... I mean, you and I will talk music for hours. 
Yeah. Right? You know, that's Absolutely. just, that's just, uh, and the only reason that we do it over beers is because when you talk music for hours, you get thirsty. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, you might as well be enjoying a, a fine little, uh, fine little brew. I, you know, I truly really just believe sm- cigar smokers are generally friendly people. Anyway, I think I was, generally I was true. at Casa de Monte Cristo earlier, and uh, me and my brother started chatting, and then I was working on building a guitar neck. I carved out the guitar neck last night, like I mentioned earlier, and this guy overheard the conversation and was like, you know, just how do you kinda, do that? Yeah, what, what, what are you talking yeah. about? What are you building? You know, and you know, we just got into this conversation. He's a super nice guy. It's it's really interesting. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm on the elevator in my building, somebody gets in, I'm like, oh, please just don't talk to me. Like, don't <laughs> don't say anything. I just don't feel like talking to anyone. But walk me into a cigar lounge with guys sitting around smoking, and I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? Like, wh- what's up? What are you guys talking about? Can I jump in? You know, I'm also that guy that'll walk onto a crowded elevator and just face everyone. Oh yeah, and then but see, because that's funny to me. It's not good enough though just to face everyone. What you have to do is you have to face everyone, and then the elevator starts moving, and you wait just about 15, 20 seconds until it gets just good and uncomfortable, and then you clear your throat and you say. <clears throat> I suppose you're wondering why I've called you all here. <laughs> I suppose you wonder why I asked you here. Yeah, this that's right. That's right. The, the, the finger twirling is is really good. So, Ian, uh, beer question: St. Arnold uh, of the the coffee porter or the real ale? Man, I don't know. I got to tell you, do you have the, a the real ale has been my favorite for years. Mm-hmm. This is the first uh, f- uh, the first St. Arnold I've had. Um, was uh, just the other night, and I, I thought I'd bring it in because it was. Just, I just thought it was outstanding. Uh, it runs a very close second if it's not they're, completely. Neck they're very, and neck. They're, they're very different. Though. They're good though. Mm-hmm. They're very good, different, though. but very good. I would say the real ale is maybe uh, got a little more chocolatey, yeah. chocolatiness to it. The Saint Arnold has more of that carbonation that sort of dances on your tongue, which yeah. is very pleasant. Um, so I would say the real ale is a little more uh, coffee forward and mm-hmm. chocolate forward, porter forward. The uh, the um, French press is a little, a little creamier, a little mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like you said. You got the carbonation yes. dance. Carbonation, but it's also it is also creamier though. You're right. You're absolutely and, uh, right. And it's I think it's a little uh, easier on the palate overall. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like both of them. Like I think if you're going to make one and you're going to make it available to most people who might not even think that they want a, a coffee mm-hmm. beer. I think that that's a great route to go, and they nailed it. And like, both of these are seasonal, is that right? Yes. Interesting. Okay. All right. This is good information. It's good stuff. We're going to take a break. We'll return. We have more beers to taste in addition to the Mezcal, and we promised you we'd tell you about the uh, 10 most important beer cities in North America. So that's uh, coming up next as well. You were listening to Smoking and Toasting, and it's Ian's Crazy Beer Show. Crazy. So... Uh, <laughs> That's really good. I thought your uh, I thought your article was going to be like a take this quiz. I really. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's show number one hundred and nineteen. We are brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Um, by the way, coming up on smoking and toasting next week. Uh, on show number 120, um, the best cigars of 2018. We've taken all the lists and kind of put them together. We'll share all the lists with you in one place here. Plus, Ian and I are making our own list of our personal, what, top three, say? Yeah, top three. Okay, so that'll be fun uh, on next week's show as well. By the way, this isn't a a smoking and toasting type list, per se, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, 
there's another one of those little headlines I saw, and I couldn't resist clicking on it. The most hated restaurants and fast food chains in America. Um, and it's one of those where you have to click through, so it takes time, and you're giving them hundreds of clicks. Uh, but number one appeared to be Red Robin. Uh, number two appeared to be KFC. And number three, uh, I think, was Texas Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Texas Road. Have you been to a Texas Roadhouse? It's one of those, Roadhouse. you know, like kind of like cheapy steak places. Yeah, Texas Roadhouse at number three. And then at number four, Joe's Crab Shack. And uh, we'll just give you the top. I, I, have, a, I have a Joe's Crab Shack hater uh, story. Number five, Burger King. So uh, I was told I was told when I was going to San Francisco years ago, I was told, like, you have to go down to the Fisherman's Wharf. You yeah, know, yeah. You have to go down there. So I, I did for my hotel. I took the little trolley, mm-hmm. and then I walked the rest of the way, and the first thing I see is Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> Not that you couldn't go to one right really? here. Yeah, right. <laughs> really? Yeah, you made your way all the way down. Now, that being said, that. somebody obviously, like, that's that's the top five most hated, right? Yeah, according Somebody's to eating there. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I think actually all those restaurants do pretty well. I know last time I was in a Burger King drive thru it was pretty busy. Yeah, the croissant which is not bad by the way. <laughs> you know you I mean actually, it ain't good. And you can actually get a hot dog on their menu. Bad. Oh really? Yes. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yes, you can, I'm telling you. A hot dog on their menu. Uh, I'll pass this one other thing along, by the way, uh, since uh, New Year's Eve is on the way. Uh, uh, Liquor.com recommends the perfect cocktail for New Year's Eve, and it is the French 75. So French 75 is it's uh, a little bit of champagne, and then I think some gin. Or I think you can also use uh, rum instead nice. of gin if you want to. But it's basically uh, fresh lemon juice, simple syrup, gin, or rum, and champagne with a lemon twist, uh, and you pour it in a champagne flute. So if you're looking for something besides just your typical glass of champagne for New Year's Eve, that's a that's a good cocktail suggestion. That does sound fun. I'm thinking I'm going to make French 75s for, <laughs> for New Year's uh, this this year. That that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so Ian, we still have a bit of tasting to do. We've got some mezcal to taste, and then we've got uh, some more beers that you have uh, procured for us here. And we've had several people make suggestions. What do you think? Well, uh, we had some suggestions for Jolly Russian, so okay. I think we can go there. Now, this is Odell's, right? Yes, this is Odell's, and uh, they make an outstanding Scotch Ale. Yes, they do. Like they make, A lot of that stuff is they a make go-to when I see I it. I love their, uh, it, it's an APA, American Pale Ale, I think yeah, it's called Drum Yeah, the Drum Roll. We had That's it on here, turned turn me on to that, yeah. Yep, love that. I love that. So, uh, so the Jolly Russian is, uh, again, this is more of a, of a cra- crazy beer, but uh, it's going to be... Is that a... Oh, yeah, it is popped up. Okay, go ahead. Yes, that's good. It's really not that difficult to open, but I like the little The sound is sound. great. The sound is just fantastic. <laughs> All right, so uh, so what do we know about the Jolly Russian? Uh, not much. It says, bridging the Baltic and Caribbean seas, Jolly Russian is a rich Russian imperial stout stowed away in rum barrels for aging. Dark as night, thick as the raging sea, this brew boasts notes of coffee and cocoa with... Waves of oak, <laughs> spiced molasses, and sorry about the pause there. Yeah. Sorry, waves of oak, spiced molasses, dried fruit, vanilla mm. from the planks. Well, this uh, so this is a sort of a uh, uh, holy crap. This is sort of like a uh, Russian pirate beer, is what you're saying. This is this is like pouring syrup. Oh my goodness! Wow, look at that! Look at <laughs> the viscosity, as it were. Oh um, yeah. 
This might be lumpy, even. Uh oh. All right. Well, it's an Ian crazy beer. I knew it was. <laughs> I knew it would happen again sooner or later. So you brought your toothpick, right? <laughs> whoa, whoa, man! On the nose, this uh, this smells thick. If, if it's possible for <laughs> something to, to actually smell thick, this smells thick. <laughs> this is what thick smells like. Mm, yes, that's right. Oh man, and I don't mean Alan thick. Uh, <laughs> but there's that song. It's awesome. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> a. Um, wow. This is. I, I haven't think I got tried. a fragment of this on my lip. Um, this is a. Uh, uh, this is a very thick brew indeed. In fact, it's almost milkshake like. Not. It's not cold. Just about. This it, is like when your milkshake gets a little intensity. warm. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but but in the in the thickness of it and in the intensity and boy does this it's delicious play though. around with the back of your tongue. You know. Mm. This is. Uh, you know what? All those things I said. This is such a. Bitter malt bomb too. Mm-hmm. I love it, and then uh, and then the after, like the on the uh, retro hill, that rum comes up, and it's I was right say, there. It must be from the rum, uh, the rum cask. But this is the booziest of all the beers we've tried. Like this, this feels like you're drinking, um, like you're drinking a spirit as well. You know, like you're doing a car bomb or something. Right, like that. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like there's something else in there. I don't see on here. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, 13%. That's why. I would explain it. <laughs> 13%. Wow. Yeah, this is a... Uh, I would buy this again, though, like in a minute. This is actually pretty outstanding. And this is not like the other uh, 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 bourbon stout that we had earlier, the Firestone Walker. This is dark. No, no. This is much Very dark, different. earthy, rich kind of... Now, I think for me, I prefer the Firestone Walker to this, but I can see how this would be right up your. You would have out. to have a very robust cigar. Like this would be something mm-hmm. you drink along mm-hmm. with a with a mm-hmm. um, a, uh, a ruination. Anything made by Man of War, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. This is one or, of those. or La Flor Dominican. Mm-hmm. This would probably go with the LFD Super Lajero. Like amazing. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I'm projecting that, but I'm sure it's pretty. Awesome. Well, it's a it's a very interesting, a very interesting thing to drink. Mm, I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it is. No, uh, but I say interesting because I'm not sure how to describe it correctly. You know, it's man, it is roasty too. Like yes, the, the yes, roasted is. malt flavor in that is so huge. Now, tell me about this other one you pulled up because this is also from rum barrels. Am I correct? This is Pirat. And uh, this is a Belgian ale, mm. and it's aged in rum barrels. So I brought this because we have so many stouts in rum barrels here, okay? Mm-hmm. we got the bourbon barrel stout. we got the Jolly Russian. Uh, and we had the Velvet Merkin, which all of those are stouts aged in rum or bourbon barrels. This is a Belgian-style ale aged in rum barrels. It's going to be completely different. As a matter of fact, you can see the color of it. <laughs> right through the bottle. This is not a dark, heavy stout. Right. This is, uh, you know, the Belgian ales are generally pretty fruity, and they're usually thick and high alcohol, but they're pretty fruity. I really like them. While you're opening that up, I'm going to give you, according to Thrillist, uh, the top ten beer cities in North America right now. Uh, I don't believe these are in any particular order. They're just considered the top ten. Portland, Oregon, which probably doesn't surprise you. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, L.A. County, uh, San Diego, Chicago, Austin, Texas, New York City, Miami, Montreal, this is North America, so Montreal, and Toronto. 
So that's interesting. Now, they are, um, in this article from Thrillist, they list uh, 10 things about each city. For example, the essential Portland breweries uh, you need to visit ASAP. Uh, the 13 best breweries in San Francisco. Um, the best, uh, the 16 essential Austin breweries that you need to visit. Uh, and so on and so on. Do you want to, um, do you want me to click on any of these? you want to hear about any of these cities? You know what? I go to Austin pretty regularly. Okay. So I think that would be interesting to me. But I do also have a brother-in-law that lives in, uh, that lives in uh, Portland. Portland, Oregon. Uh, okay. Well, we can, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go through both of them. Um, Austin, here's, wow. Did that just do that itself? <laughs> That's what I thought because I looked up and one hand uh, you've got holding the bottle of the beer, uh, the, the bottom of the bottle. With another you were reaching for cups. So I was like, <laughs> that just happened all by itself, didn't I it? I loosened it and I was yeah. I was getting ready to pop it. I was going to do like the th- pop it with one thumb kind of yes, thing. Yes, yes. But, uh. That's why I was getting my cups ready, and then all of a sudden it decided well, it was a very happy beer. <laughs> While you pour. It hit the microphone. Uh, I'm sure that came yes, through nice. Yes, I heard it. I heard it in my headphones. Uh, while you pour, I'll give you your Austin, 16 essential Austin breweries. They say you should visit uh, St. Elmo in South Austin, Friends and Allies in East Austin, uh, Southern Heights in East Austin, Texas Beer Company in Taylor. Uh, Pint House Pizza at Rosedale and South Lamar. I have actually heard about Pint I've been House there. Pizza. Have you? Have you had their beer? Yes. Okay. Also uh, quite good. Jester King in Dripping Springs. Uh, Lazarus Brewing in uh, on East 6th Street. Oasis Texas Brewing Company. Uh, Zilker Brewing Company, named for Zilker Park. 512 in South Austin. Man, their pecan porter is the bomb. Fantastic. Uh, and remember, we tried that special pecan porter, too, yeah. in, the, in the Big Bomber. Uh, here's a place that uh, I've been and try to go every time I'm in Austin, Austin Beer Garden. Uh, just a fantastic place. I've never seen their product on store shelves, but, boy, they have some great brews. Uh, Hops and Grain Brewing, uh, Live Oak, Chel- the Shellis Brewery, Austin Beer Works, and Independence Brewing. And I'll add one to that because I was there. In fact, I've uh, been to Independence. We've, yeah, Independence mm-hmm. is great. Uh, we, have, we have a special report that I filed from um, from an Austin uh, brewery. And we haven't been able to put it on because we've been fighting with Wirecast, apparently. Remember when we talked studio. about our tech being out of town? Yes. Yeah, he's <laughs> out of town. So we He'll can't, be back in town. That's going to get quite this, uh, quite this down. But we'll, we'll get this on a show very soon. But uh, uh, I, the Brewer's Table was the name of a restaurant where I ate, and their beer was fantastic. And I uh, really am looking forward to sharing that report with you. Uh, but that's also uh, Austin. So, all right. So, Ian, what am I looking at here? And this is, uh, oh, wow. It's already poured, ready to go. Already poured. I'm going to pass a very this happy on to beer. It, uh, uh, this is on top. Okay, so this is uh, also in rum cask. This is the Special Reserve Parat mm-hmm. Parat Ale, aged in rum barrels. Which, by the way, Parat Ale is quite good. And this is like a completely a different, style. completely different beer experience from the porters that we absolutely. Had. There's not much about it on here. Mm. Um, there's a giant warning label about women drinking and Surgeon Generals mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, blah blah blah. This is actually made in Belgium. Uh, let's see. What is the ABV on this? Does it even say? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, let's see. No, it doesn't say. Uh, it's pretty high from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess the ABV in the eight to ten percent. I want to know what you think about it. I really like it. It's um, it, it okay. So I'm gonna tell you something that a lot of the um. 
Um, a lot of the brews, like the, um, uh, you know, the some of the German, uh, the Hogarden type beers, mm-hmm. and a lot of things like, um, you know, some of the Monk Brewery mm-hmm. type things, I find interesting. But like by the time I've had one, I don't really want anymore. Like it's it's interesting to taste, but it's not something that I'm necessarily looking to have a whole bomber of. This does something in here that's making the whole experience more interesting. That would have me continue. It would have me saying more, please. That's amazing. Yeah? I don't like this at all. Really? Yeah, I seriously don't like wow, this. Wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> and, and what is it that you don't like about this? It, you know, it doesn't hit anything on my palate that I want it to. It's it's missing. And I actually really like Parat. It's it's right. regular, not barrel aged. This is interesting in some ways, and I tried after so the first like the couple The reverse steps. of what I said, like you find it interesting, but you wouldn't want more. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want more. And, I'm, and I've tried a few sips to see if I can really like it, and I'm just not. It's hmm. it's got a it's got a burnt caramel thing that that's a little too much burnt caramel for me. Oh, so interesting. It's got a it's got a, a little bit. It's so it's got a little bit of a saison kind of funk to it, but that's yeah. not bad in and of itself. But I don't think it blends well with that burnt caramel and a couple other things. So I'm not digging this at all. Wow, it's funny that you say you really like this one because yeah. I assumed that I was going to love this one. Yeah, yeah, I would have guessed you know, based cause, on because I'll drink the product. It is yes, all the time. Absolutely. But this is it's just not doing it to me. It's <laughs> so interesting. You know, this would be a really good time for a beer fight like you and me. You know, to be. <laughs> <laughs> For me to say something like, well, that's because you just don't know good beer. And then we could, like, get into it, you know? Well, then I would just say that this is for the many. Oh, no, no, no. Don't even try to go there. See, see, that's how insulting that is. See, You've been served. I was way more insulted by what you said than you were by what I said. And that's how insulting. I know, that you is. know, I, I, this is a quality product, but I, it's this. I don't, yeah. This it's, is it's not, not for me. It's not hitting your palate. Though. Yeah, this yeah. is not for me at all. Yeah. I, don't, uh, I, I will not buy I this again. Dude, I will still buy their, the Parat all the time because it's delicious. That's but. the way I am with Lawnmower by St. Arnold. I recognize that it's a quality beer. Yeah, it just doesn't tick any of my boxes. It's not the taste that I'm looking for. But I know so many people who love it. You know. And and I'm I'm impressed and love everything they do. So <laughs> my friend Brandon says beer brawl, beer brawl. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Okay, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we may brawl because we're going to have some mezcal, <laughs> and who knows what can happen. You know, after it that. can't be quality. There is no worm in the bottom of that. Uh, see, we're going to have to talk. <laughs> we're going to have to talk. Uh, it's smoking and toasting. We are brought to you by our good friends at B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in. Fort Worth, bacon, 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 and uh, we'll be mm, right back. Bacon, so good. Bacon, mm, blue cheese. Bacon. Plus, I'll uh, I'll tell you the places to go in Portland. Uh, this is pretty interesting because I had just clicked on it when you made the revelation that you did not like the Parade. So that's, uh, you totally threw me off course with that, and we'll be back to talk about about that a little more coming <laughs> up. Uh, it's smoking and toasting. I was really expecting to love this, too. I still find it very interesting, huh? It's not my favorite beer I've ever had. I'm still trying to like it, but it's just, it's just to me, it's not. Or maybe. <laughs> On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, 
fine spirits and uh, hand rolled cigars. And we, uh, you know, we've been very cigar centric for the last couple of shows. Yeah. So I yeah. thought it'd be good for us to do a show that was a little more craft beer today. And uh, in addition to that, though, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's important to. You know, always just something in the spirit world. And since you have so, so graciously uh, given me this bottle of mezcal for my uh, holiday Christmas present, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited, uh, and I think we should try this. I'm following you. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to pull the top off this baby, and we'll give this a try. Plus, I've, I pulled up. Uh, I've been to almost every major city in the United States at one time or another in my life. I've done a bit of, uh, you know, inside the U.S. traveling, but I've never actually been to Portland, Oregon. Uh, and I think I'm missing out because it is the the home of the hipster, uh, and I think it would be fun to uh, fun to visit just for that fact alone. But I don't know if you know this. Portland is home to over seventy breweries. Seven zero seventy. That's a lot of breweries. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, well, you know the whole new the whole new trend is that a lot of these breweries aren't even distributing beers. Well, that's right. They just they just they're having they're making it and they're selling. They're like basically a a bar slash restaurant. Speaking of which, makes their own beers, one which of, is great. One of our favorites of that style of place. Uh, and a place we've been to a couple of times, you and me, and uh, enjoyed very much. Uh, I was in uh, Specs last week and was able to purchase a can of beer from them, and that's our friends at Platypus. Get out of here! Platypus I haven't seen Brewing. it. Brewing, yep. So I'll be bringing that in. Maybe, yeah, he did mention that that was coming up show. soon. Yeah, yeah, so excited about that. Plus, I got some crazy beers to bring in. Too. I like that I'm place. Really they have such a nice patio, oh, and they're so nice And they're there. so nice, and yeah. their food is so interesting and different and delicious, and it is... Uh, yeah, their food is, is no a doubt. Great place to go. Yes, great place to go. Oh, Ooh. that was awesome. That, that, was, that, that was very nice. And already I, t- I smell... The smokiness of the mezcal. Uh, so this is uh, Derumbes uh, mezcal, uh, an artisanal product of Mexico. It uh, would appear that this is from lot number 11. And what's interesting to me is that on the label, they leave the percentage of alcohol, the proof, they actually leave it blank and it's written in by hand. Uh, so I don't know if that means that it really can vary that much from batch to batch. Well, now this this is, one clocks in at forty three point nine. Like so. I said earlier, this is one that my brother picked up, and uh, they have apparently a lot of selection out there in uh, in uh, in uh, Tucson. Sorry, I keep wanting to say Tulsa for some reason. Mm-hmm. In Tucson, where he lives, they have a lot of selection of mezcal and uh, tequila, especially. So I didn't know a lot about mezcal. So when <laughs> we we're talking about it on the phone, he was. Uh, this is a week before he was headed in for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, you know what? If you have that much selection, ask them and let's get something fun and interesting because well, I need to get something for cruise anyway. Well, this is what I find really interesting about this is that I've said on the show before that I think of all the spirits, tequila is my favorite. Yes. But I've yet to really develop an understanding of mezcal. I probably know more about tequila than I do about whiskey or or uh, rum or the other spirits, but mezcal I just don't know that much about. So I'm a very much a beginner in this in this world. I've certainly had it before, and I have friends who are telling me, "Dude, mezcal, you got to get on, you know, got to get on yeah, board." Yeah, I don't think you know. I, I may have tried it at <laughs> some point in time, but again, it's it, well, it's kind of like saying I've tried a tequila. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, to, like which one did you try? Whatever. I will tell you this to put it. Go ahead. I was just saying to put it in its most simple terms, I think of mezcal as a smoky tequila. Right. To put it in most simply, yeah? And much like you said kind earlier, of like, like peated versus uh, right. unpeated uh, And then like scotch. you said earlier, like uh, it's like champagne. You can't call it champagne unless it's made in, champagne, right. in the champagne region. But mezcal But that doesn't mean anywhere. that there aren't sparkling wines that are outstanding. Now, Correct. 
right off the nose, I'm going to tell you, this to me smells very, very agave and a little greener agave yes. than, uh, than I would expect from like a high-end tequila. So what's interesting about this versus a high-end tequila, and I was able to enjoy some um, um, Jose Cuervo Reserva de la Familia with, with my family this, uh, this holiday season. So that taste is very, is very recent to me. It has none of the caramel and vanilla and uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, brown flavors, for lack of a better way to describe it, that you get in that tequila. Instead, what you get here is it's very agave forward. You get the smokiness. Smoke and pepper. And pepper. Uh, but the green that you mentioned, it's almost like a much greener agave taste, whereas the sort of uh, Añejo tequila, you're thinking of almost a, a browner agave taste. Well, I, I hate to th- say things in But here's color. the thing, too, is with the aged tequilas, you start losing some of the agave forward part. You still get that agave, but you lose the agave forward part. Well, that's right. And in you a bring in a lot of other flavors. Right. In a Blanco or a Silver, you get more true agave flavor. Because it's not the aged flavor. This it's is the unabashedly agave. Oh, like, there's and, no and question. Smoke and pepper no all day it long. Is, this is the I, I, one of the things that has clicked for me in my brain is that this is the sort of tequila equivalent of what a more peated uh, Scotch or whiskey is. Right. This is because the smokiness is definitely a part of the profile. This is not for the many. <laughs> no, it is definitely not for the many. <laughs> and and you know, listen, you can get some uh, some tequilas. Uh, you know, the Skelly comes to mind, for example, mm-hmm. that are so smooth that you almost yeah, that don't get crazy. any burn like uh, on the way down. This definitely lets you know you that know you are are, are you know uh, drinking a, a spirit. But I will say, for a mezcal, I actually find it pretty smooth. This would go outstanding with like an Avo Number Two or mm. um, or a uh, uh, Fuente uh, Hemingway series, something or, a little bit lighter, but with but with good full flavor, but with with a nice big full smoke to mm-hmm. it too, yes, or a yes. uh, Romeo and Julieta Reserva. Mm-hmm. Um, like this would go outstanding with that because I think the flavors would just not only complement each other, but they wouldn't interfere with each other at all. I can also this see, is good. I really enjoy this. Actually. Yes, it is, and I can also see why. Mezcal is becoming more and more popular in cocktails because the smokiness that this offers uh, could really add something to yeah. certain, certain kinds of drinks. So and I, I don't know that I've ever had anything quite like this before, mm. just to be honest with you. Um, I've had the the smokiness that this offers before in other mezcal, but what's interesting to me is this is the most sort of prominent green agave taste that I've yeah. ever had. Yeah, and in, it's in very upfront. Now I got a question for you because I will tell you actually what that costs because okay. I want to know what you think price for quality. Okay. Okay. That's about forty dollars. So that puts it in the that puts it in Premium. the price range of a really good reposado or maybe a one of the not quite as expensive añejo tequilas. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard for me to compare this to a really great Añejo because that is such a relaxed, layback and sip it kind of a... How about uh, this? How about on its own merit? How do you feel about that? I would not be disappointed to have paid $40 for this. I'm agreeing with that, and I'll tell you this, because 
it's interesting. Right. Like I'm still, it feels young to me, and that's not. Yeah, no, agreed, way. agreed, agreed. So that's it doesn't that green feel like kind of it's this really aged, matured uh, spirit the way that an añejo tequila that I want an añejo tequila. Wouldn't to you love to get one of those little oak but it's barrels? Really good. And age this a bit. <laughs> I, if I thought I knew what I was doing, yes. But well, I'm they make those. They make those up. little oak barrels that you can buy. They hold like a seven fifty mil or uh, maybe uh, something like that. But I've seen them. I've never thought about it. It's like age your own whiskey. This is just fascinating to me. It, it, you know, and that's the that's the thing. See, that to me brings the price versus quality back up to yes, uh, back up to. Definitely five to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, maybe absolutely. a little higher because it is because fascinating. Of how interesting the it flavor is, right. is so different from anything else I've tried. What you don't get is something where you're like, eh, that's okay, and you like put it away and never taste it again. It's interesting enough. You'll pull it back out and try it with some friends who come over, or uh, you know. Well, this uh, is so brand new to me that I'd love mm-hmm. to try it with different cigars, different beers, different. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna try it with the Jolly Russian. Okay. I thought you were going to try it with the Parat, but... No, I don't like the Parat. <laughs> you like the Parat a lot. I'm not, I I'm not, like the Parat. Well, I like Parat. I just don't like this particular rum yeah, barrel this age. particular version of the Parat. Actually, okay. and it goes pretty outstanding with the uh, Jolly Roger. With the Jolly Roger, yeah. Interesting. Um, the flavors are so interesting to me. Like That's one I would come back and go... It, it's it's kind of like a great sophomore album. There's not a single hit on it, but you keep coming back and listening mm-hmm. to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Weezer Pinkerton, yes. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, because it's uh, you're right. It's not like the uh, it's not like the one that produces the radio hits. But you're like, you know, in retrospect, this may be one of their most interesting albums. Big Head Todd Stratagem. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Ooh, I haven't. I, yeah. I cut see, deep on that one. Didn't nobody I? said Big Head Todd to me in a while. That's that's very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Okay, we got to try at least one of these. Um, of these um, bombs, prairie here. bomb, the prairie bombs. Yes, uh, <coughs> maybe the Christmas since it's Christmas time. True. Although, look at the artwork on the birthday. Let me have a quick look at. Oh, see that's. Oh, see that's hard to resist. The funny thing is, so these labels have the same picture on the front and the back, and then it says, "Can you spot the differences?" There are fourteen. Oh gosh. <laughs> pretty I'm funny. not. I'm not sure. I can't. Um, uh, what we, we should we do in this show is we, we should stop have, talking and just stare at these bottles. We might have to taste both of these, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, starting with the Christmas uh, bomb. So that's what it's actually called, right? Christmas bomb. Christmas bomb. Okay. Here we well, go. Well, they have a whole series. It's just basically it's their artisan ales, and it always ends in bomb. Mm-hmm. So this is the Christmas bomb, okay. and then the other one is birthday bomb. Mm-hmm. So oh my we'll, gosh! We'll follow the agave bomb with a little Christmas bomb. This is only slightly thicker than the Jolly oh, Russian, or slightly thinner. I mean, <laughs> I noticed by the way that uh, that Adam has not tried his uh, mezcal yet. So, <laughs> and there is the uh, birthday bomb, or the I'm sorry, the Christmas bomb. So, uh, I'm you know here's here's the thing, Ian. I find myself going back and back and back to this mezcal. Yeah, it's. It's so darn interesting, yes, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It is. It really, it's really doing interesting things. See, again, I would say I'd, I'd, I'd be incredibly happy with that. Congratulations to me for getting you a good present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you rock. Okay, so now let's talk Christmas bomb. This is from Prairie Artisan Ales, and uh, we know that they make quality products. 
We yeah. know they've got a reputation, you know, in of their own. It's similar to, you know, some of the breweries that we talk about um, regularly here on the show. What's your uh, What's your take on the nose? It smells like a chocolate cheesecake. Mm. Like it, oh, it kind of does. Like graham crackery mm-hmm. and chocolatey and cheesecakey. It's very bizarre. All right, I'm going for it. Uh, you know what? What you just described is exactly what it tastes like. It tastes exactly like it smells. <laughs> yes, it does. It tastes like a, a cheesecake, a chocolate yeah. cheesecake. Wow, it really does. That's a. Wow. Uh, you know, I hate to not talk about this beer more, but that pretty much says it all. Mm-hmm. Like, this tastes just like a chocolate cheesecake. You like chocolate cheesecake? You like beer? Buy this. You'll you won't be disappointed. It it is. Um, it graham cracker. The graham cracker and that whatever that flour that they use in in uh, like a graham cracker crust, no. like you can taste a little of that flour too. It's surprisingly accurate. Like, how do you brew for that? Now, now <laughs> you know? Christopher sent a message earlier. He said the uh, that the prairie is a uh, soy bomb. I wonder if he's talking about this one or if he's talking about the birthday bomb. I don't know. We may have to try the birthday bomb to see. I don't know. I what do this. Get- I do get a little bit of soy here. Maybe it's power suggestion. But right as you said that, I was swallowing. It's like, yeah, I get a little of that. Even though it sounds foreign to the chocolate cheesecake uh, So, So flavor. soy is not, like that soy sauce kind of flavor, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing. Sometimes, Mm-mm. I mean, if it's just soy sauce... You know, no well, one. You may remember we talked about sauce. that on last week's right, show, right? But there are things that, that will hint of that that are quite delicious. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. All right, I think you should go ahead before we end the show. You should go ahead and open up the birthday bomb. Are we going to save the uh, BCS for a later show? I think we'll save that for a later show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate to, I hate to, but I think we will. And I've got, I've just got some bizarre and interesting beers coming up too. So, so we have a lot to look oh, forward to. I'm trying to open the one that's already open. Well, it made for great sound effects. <laughs> no wonder I couldn't latch onto that. Mm-mm-mm. I may have had a beer. <laughs> yes, that's all right. Possible. So here we are with the Prairie Birthday Bomb. All right, I, I felt like we should taste this since we just tasted <laughs> the Christmas Bomb, right? So we could compare and contrast. <laughs> Which sorry, like, when I pour these in and I see how thick and black <laughs> they are, <laughs> yeah, I just laugh because this is exactly why Cruz it, doesn't let me bring all the beers. It's happening. Yeah, right. Well. There, there is a theme of consistency going on here with what you brought, even today with as many, as many uh, well, beers as you. Okay, brought. sorry. Birthday bomb <laughs> is one of the darkest beers that I've brought oh to the show. Oh my god, the darkness! Like of this the is going to stain of, your teeth. <laughs> the darkness <laughs> of the black of night. You know how like uh, you know how like when you drink a little too much wine, you get the, mm-hmm, the wine teeth. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to do that. You're going to mm. look like a. You're going to look like a bum or something like that. All right. Let's see what we got here. I'm not getting much on the nose. It doesn't have a lot of nose. Uh, And I think maybe because we're tasting it back-to-back to to that big uh, Christmas bomb. Oh, this has to be the soy bomb he was talking about. Yeah. You can definitely pick it up Yeah, this is the soy bomb he was talking about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, Howard Sandler just logged in and was watching. Hi, Howard. What's up, Howard? You're the man. Um... So I will mention, since we've mentioned Chris several times, uh, and uh, Alan Denny, uh, our also mutual friend who knows Chris and works with Chris on the uh, Houston Whiskey Social and the uh, and the big event coming up in the spring. I'm so excited um, about that. Alan, uh, as we mentioned, uh, and this is a little bit of a plug and a preview for next week's show when we do the best cigars of 2018, um, 
the encore encore number from, one uh, from uh, his from his tobacco company from his employer E.P. Carrillo uh, was picked as one of the top cigars of the year by Cigar Aficionado, and it is like. This has got to make Alan's life really interesting for the next year. He's uh, probably a little harder to get a hold of now. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's less likely, <laughs> he's less likely to take the call of a bum like you or me. You know, I think I think that's true. I'm so, so. proud of them though. That was so that that whole interview is, we did with Jose Blanco. Man, what a great guy that and, is. And it is a fantastic cigar. I enjoy it really him is. So much. It really is a fantastic cigar. Uh, so the birthday bomb thoughts. Um. This is uh, this has got to be the soy bomb he was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's got some chocolatey. It's got some soy. It's got um, I don't know what else. It's got interesting. It's what does it say on the thing? Mm-hmm. It says it doesn't say much actually. Coffee, I get a little bit. Cocoa mm-hmm. nibs, yeah. Vanilla beans, yeah. Chili peppers. That's the other thing that's in there. Mm-hmm. It's on the aftertaste. It's just now hitting yes. me. The chili peppers are very light in this, though, which I kind of like because I some you know some people have spicy beers or cocktails. I don't really like those unless they're you know unless they're a Bloody Mary. Actually, now I'm going to say something that that is probably not something I should say. This this is from Krebs, Oklahoma. It's where the brewery is, and I just don't think of any creativity like this coming out of Oklahoma. I've lived in Oklahoma. So <laughs> I've driven through this. Oklahoma. It's yeah. very boring. Like, I find it to be like not a very um, innovative sort of uh, sort of place, right? Um, but this is, they're doing some brewing yeah, at, this is at Prairie. This, and I'm sure there's other great breweries there in uh, in Oklahoma. I will mention the ones, uh, just as to close out, um, that, I, uh, that I was finding from uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, because it's a such an interesting and beer forward place, and there are over seventy breweries, so they recommend in the list from Thrillist, they recommend Wayfinder, they recommend Level Beer, they recommend Berlick B A E R L I C Berlick, uh, and they show a hazy IPA from Berlick that looks unbelievable. Uh, they rec- recommend Culmination, they recommend Breakside, Cascade Barrel House, Ecliptic. They recommend Great Notion, Upright, Von Ebert, Rosenstadt, and that's the last one that made their that made their list. So I do have some Portland, Oregon uh, beer that I will be bringing in uh, to the show soon. Uh, that I'm very excited uh, you got about. a shipment. It, it wasn't, but yes, I, I did. I got a shipment, and we got some interesting beers ahead of us, my friend. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So um, this has been uh, quite a show. This uh, this assortment of beers that you brought in, uh, all but one, I think, were uh, very dark. <laughs> um, Only one of them wasn't com- like wasn't black, completely black, like yes, coffee yeah. black. Yeah, but but this is good. This has been uh, fun to do this tasting. I think the real, I will say, the real find for me was probably the St. Arnold. Yeah. Because I think I wasn't as uh, wasn't as familiar with that. Um, and I, hey, I'll just tell you, I kind of liked the Parat. I will tell you, out of what I brought, uh, least favorite's the Parat. Mm-hmm. Uh, best new favorite would be the St. Arnold, like you said. But also, man, this Jolly Russian. Oh, you really like that too? Outstanding. Yeah. Like yeah. that was just so good. Well, I, I hope. And then the the Velvet Merkin was the Velvet Merkin. Yes, pretty amazing. you know what? This this honestly may have been my favorite of the whole bunch. Yeah, that's the Velvet Merkin was uh, was really uh, exceptional. And then getting to try the. Um, uh, 
the mezcal. The mezcal, yeah. This is uh, this is quite interesting. So, so very interesting and different sort of show, and that made it really fun. When we come back next week with show number one hundred and twenty, we are going to be talking about the best of the year for twenty eighteen. The top cigars of the year. We'll also talk a little bit about the top uh, uh, beverages, you know, whiskeys and things of the year. But most important, the best cigars of the year list. They're all coming out. We're compiling them all. We'll bring them all to you. And Ian and I will give you each our personal top three, uh, which I think that'll be fun, narrowing you down to top three. And for me, you know, I certainly didn't smoke everything that came out this year. That's not what it's about. These are the three cigars I enjoyed the most this year. And as you guys know, that's so subjective because it has to do with, you know, what's going on around you and, and, you know, maybe what you're eating and drinking. Situation, everything. All of that, right. But I'll still, we'll still report on that to the best that we can. Awesome. We want to thank our friends at uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. want to thank uh, Adam on the Wheels of Steel who has put in a very long day because he was here in the studio before we uh, were here with the batch of people that were in here. Yeah, he was working hard Yes, he way hard than he works on this show where we keep sliding him drinks. Uh, and uh, I just want to thank uh, everyone who's made this such a great and fun year on uh, the show. Uh, our official year in review uh, show will be next week, but um, I'm feeling a little nostalgic about what uh, 2018 has meant for smoking. Awesome. It's been been such a great year. So uh, thank you to everybody. We'll be back with show number 120. And when we do, we will start on time. That much we can promise you. 120. 120. We'll see you next week, my friends. Have a great week. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, I'm going to toast with this mezcal. Cheers. That is so freaking interesting. Mm-hmm. Just when I'm starting to say...